Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I have a lovely lady in the studio with me this afternoon that I'm I'm thrilled to meet uh, and to learn about her business. Her name is Amy Devan, and Amy is uh, is the owner of Nevada Couture and Design. She's an up-and-coming designer here in the Philadelphia area. Um, and we're going to learn all about what has inspired her and what's led her to her work. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. Um, I understand in, in some of the reading that I did about your background that um, your growing up years were very pivotal in inspiring your work and your designs. And you've done quite a bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to talk about uh, your years growing up your, sure. um, and some of the places that you visited and, and how it all came to be. Absolutely. Well, I'm an only child, but um, I grew up very close to a lot of my family, my cousins, aunts and uncles, etc. And we also moved around quite a bit, actually, because of my mom's job. She's in the financial services arena. And we lived, we spent some time uh, in the Midwest. Then we were in the East Coast. And then we were back in Colorado and then came back to the East Coast. So it's been kind of a whirlwind, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. I loved it growing up. It was just something to look forward to, actually. It's kind of funny because most people say, you know, as a kid, you must have hated moving around and making new friends all the time, but I actually really loved it. And after uh, every couple of years, we would say, we would just kind of look at each other like, where, where, where are we going next? <laughs> so it was exciting and something yeah. to look forward An to. An adventure more than... An adventure, right. Yeah. Can you talk about your mom's work, what she Absolutely. did? Absolutely. She actually, she's a senior executive for a multi-billion dollar financial services company um, out in the Bluebell, Norristown area. Okay. And but the company's based out in, in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And alongside that, she's she's a jack of all trades. So along with that, she also teaches master's classes at uh, St. Joe's University. Um, okay. She's taught at Gwinnett. So a number of different universities and colleges in the area. Um, she sits on a number of boards as well. Um, so, yeah, she's just she's always been my sort of life coach, if yeah. you will. Uh-huh. And she has, you know, 40 or so years of business experience, management experience, and um, has just served as really an idol for me. And I think that's what really her and my father and, and my um, the rest of my family, they're really a stream of entrepreneurs and business-minded people. Mm-hmm. And so when I made this leap of faith, if you will, they were so supportive. And without that, it wouldn't have been possible. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and you were an only child. Was, so you yes. really had the attention of all of the adults in your life. And aunts <laughs> I and did. Uncles. I did. Yeah. And how about your dad? What did he do? He's a retired engineer. Okay. Uh, but his main passion in life is more on the financial investment side. Mm-hmm. So he has always served as sort of a, an investment guru, if you will, to uh, so many people in our, our family and our lives. Um, and he manages our, our family investments now. So, okay, terrific. So I, I look to him for that type of advice. <laughs> well, that, you know, it's there's a whole business end of what you're doing. And Definitely. we'll talk about that a little bit later. For because, sure. 
you know, creative people, I always wonder how they manage the business end of the business. Um, <laughs> but so you did, you attended a lot of different types of schools. I did. And, and one of them uh, was Gwendon Mercy Academy, yes. which is in the Philadelphia area. And it I'm is. very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband has five sisters who all attended <laughs> Gwendon Mercy. Oh, they did? They did. Oh, They're wow. much older than you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that's an all-girls academy. And, it is. and um, it's it's a different experience mm-hmm. than going to a co-ed school. What mm-hmm. did that do? to help shape you, um, I would say, the independence, you know, piece of it. Definitely. I mean, just being at an all-girls um, school like Gwened, um, it just allows you to be much more focused on your academics, your studies, your activities, that sort of thing. There's really no other distraction. It, it makes you focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I, For much of my life, my school, I actually went to a co-ed public school and then come high school is when I transferred into an all-girls school. It's actually in the Baltimore area. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to a school called Garrison Forest, which was also an all-girls but international boarding school. So I went there for two years and then finished high school here at at Gwen and Mercy. Um, But I remember then when I was entering high school and my parents told me you're going to this all-girls school, I... I didn't want to do it. <laughs> a of lot course, of girls don't right of away. course, yeah. at that age, you don't want to do it. No. And I threw such a hissy fit. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I'm so glad looking back that I did the experiences that I had, um, the people that I learned from, the types of of teachers, um, experiences that you have are just irreplaceable. Yeah. What so year I'm, did you graduate? From high school, from two thousand one. Okay, mm-hmm. and now Gwen and Mercy has a wonderful arts program there and design. D- did you do anything outside of the arts and and the creative fields while you were there? Any sports or? Uh, other I ran cross country, okay. and then as I since I was a kid, I've always been into dancing. So mm-hmm. I've been dancing since I guess I was maybe three. Um, the minute I could move. Yeah. <laughs> I was constantly dancing, and so um, that has always been a very, very big part of my life and sort of a, an emotional release, if you will. Um, keeps you in shape, too. Um, and then as I, uh, I continued with that through, through my growing up years and in high school and then in college um, at Drexel, I was involved in founding a competitive dance team. Oh, in you Philly. did at Drexel. Yeah, That's so and it's it's great because it's continued, mm-hmm. and so now it's been a number of years since I've I've finished uh, undergrad, but um, the team has has lived on, and you know it's a great group of girls that have carried on the the legacy, if you will. So. Yeah, that's terrific. So you graduated Drexel with a degree in fashion? No, I actually graduated Drexel uh, with a degree in finance and marketing, and then at twenty one I decided to actually stay at Drexel and go straight into my MBA. Okay. So I completed my MBA in financial and marketing management also from Drexel. Um, And that was just because I knew at some point in life I was going to build something of my own and have a business that I would call my own. And I just didn't know when, but Mm -hmm. at some point I would, and I knew that those skill sets would be important. Yeah. So you really do have a nice balance then of of, um, some experience in running a business in addition to the creative I do, and I I went on to work for several years in in the marketing arena as well. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that's that's all thanks to my parents because they really pushed me to um, understand hands-on what it means to operate a business, um, to prospect, to build relationships with clients, with customers, or even working relationships with your peers, et cetera. Um, 
and that helped me and I, I, I wouldn't have changed it or, or done anything differently looking yeah. back. So um, tell me about your years at Parsons in New yes. York. That must um, have been very exciting. They were fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, Parsons came later in life when I ultimately chose this path because this is technically my second career path. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I had been working for several years in the business development marketing arena. And um, I, I always had it in me that I would, I'd always been drawn to artistic things, creative things. Um, I grew up sketching and, and all of that good stuff, and we can get into that too. But um, I knew that it would be part of my life in some way shape or form I just wasn't sure quite Mm -hmm. how so I went the route of of marketing and business development and then I had been living in Chicago actually um working in in business development and I finally came to a point where I thought you know if I'm gonna do it there's no time better than the present Mm -hmm. and um I had set sort of this internal goal for myself that I I wanted to have a business of my own before I turned 30. So 30 was fast approaching (laughs) and I was I was working and enjoying my job but at the same time I would find myself laying awake at night sort of thinking about how I could mesh this passion and this energy for the creative world with my experiences from the business arena um, and this wanting to have a business of my own and I found myself over time sort of laying awake at night and kind of putting together the what eventually became the foundation of my business plan. So I would visualize, you know, what would my brand look like? What type of customer is she? Um, where does she shop? Where does she travel? What does she like to do? Um, how would I market myself? Those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized that those those thoughts were just not going away, and I had to chase it. I had to chase that dream. So I basically... Um, as I mentioned, 30 was fast approaching, so I had that on me as well. And so I finally just, um, without really telling uh, anyone except for my parents, I applied to Parsons for fashion design. Um, and I thought if I got in, great. If I didn't, at least I tried. And then, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I got in, and within two weeks of getting my acceptance letter, literally, I um, resigned from my current career Mm -hmm. in Chicago, packed up my things, moved to the East Coast to be able to go to Parsons, and then um, also booked a month-long trip to India so that I could study the craftsmanship and the art um, that's done there. Yeah, you know, for the listeners, I should point out that that your designs and your business are all based on influences from India. Uh Well, they have exotic influences. It started with this wanting to mesh my eastern and western worlds because I'm a first generation American born Indian in my family Mm -hmm. but at the same time um, I'm very much American and very much Indian and I've always wanted to collide those worlds Mm -hmm. so the beginnings of Naveda this brand um, started with wanting to find influences from there and then I slowly started to realize that gosh there's so many exotic wonderful places around the world that I can learn from and incorporate into to my aesthetics. So, so how did the name Nevada come to be? Uh, honestly, it's a reflection of who I am and what I was just saying as far as being um, uh, a, a first-generation American-born Indian and the family. 
and having this need to collide those worlds. So if you take my first initial and my last name and you flip it backwards, it spells Nevada. Oh, okay. So it, it truly, it literally and um, creatively, I guess, it is yeah. a reflection of who I am. It's a beautiful word. Yeah, I thought that, <laughs> was, that it meant something else. Um, Thank you. you. Know. No, I, I went through a couple of different names and then I, I started to just kind of toy with that concept and... Here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Um, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, what, you, how you see the differences between um, women in, in business now compared to your mom's generation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's always, um, it's always impressive when, when mm-hmm. a woman from your mom and generation is, yes. is doing uh, something independently Definitely. in business, especially in the financial industry uh-huh. and field. And you must talk to your mom, you know, about that. Absolutely. How do you see the differences grow, you know, for her when she was doing her work compared to you? Honestly, I give her and, and women of her generation such credit because it was such a different time when it wasn't so readily um, accepted for women to be in the business world. Mm-hmm let alone the financial world. Um, so when she started, she was she came here to this country when she was 20 or 21 and then kind of just jumped in when she was the only female within the, the industry, um, or at least her industry. Yeah. Um, so it was new to her, and I can only imagine what challenges that presented for her. Mm-hmm. So um, those are challenges that myself and my generation, we just we can't relate to. So I think we have it a lot easier, to be very honest. Yeah. <laughs> did, did she have the support of her family to do that? Definitely, definitely. So yeah. did she come over by herself or did her family um, come as well? My father was already here and working, and then he married my mom while she was still in India mm-hmm. and then brought her here soon after they got married. Okay. So. Yeah. Tell me about when, when you applied to Parsons, did you yes. have to present a portfolio to Definitely, them? Definitely, yes. You did. Yes. So where did that work come from? Where did that experience come from before you were able to, to attend there? Well, um, I had always enjoyed design and sketching and creating things. Mm-hmm. So I had, over time, not realizing that eventually I would attend Parsons, I had sort of collected work. Um, So I kind of just went back into my archives, so to speak, and uh, dug through it and tried to figure out which sketches, which designs were a true representation of what I thought my aesthetic would become and uh, put it together in a portfolio and and sent it off. So (laughs) thankfully it worked out. (laughs) No, I think that's really remarkable that you you. you didn't have years um, and a fashion degree and you put something together and they accepted it. Exactly. And I had in my proposal or in my application, I should say, um, there's there's a written component as well. And I had explained that the, my reason for doing this was because I wanted to have a business of my own, a brand to call my own mm-hmm. and really see it develop and that I brought business experience. So I imagine that helped, too, because yeah. you can be the most creative person in the world. But if you can't sell it, if you can't That's sell right. your product, it doesn't go very far. Yeah. Um, or it 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 was it it does go far, but it remains as more of a hobby than a right. career path. Exactly. So one of the things I'm fascinated with is how you are able to kind of stand out um, on your own separately from all of the other designers that are out there um, in the fashion field. There's you know there's numerous mm-hmm. up and coming, and then of course there's the established, well known designers that are out there. Sure. What would you say is is one of the things that helps you to stand out from the rest. Is it the the inspirational piece of the Indian 
um, background well, or is it something else? It is the influence that comes from exotic places. Um, but more so, I think it actually relates to who I believe the Nevada woman is. Um, to me, the best way that I like to explain it is that she's a little bit of who I am, but mm -hmm. a lot of who I strive to become as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, so she is strong. She's confident. She's independent. She's forward thinking. Um, she's ambitious. But at the same time, she has sort of this eclectic, free spirited nature about her. Um, and she's not happy with without some small, subtle element of glamour. Um, so all of that being said, I it's I at least haven't found a brand that has been able to satisfy those various character traits. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where Nevada fills a void. Yeah. And that's important to have that kind of, um, you know, uh, not a mission, but, you know, a certain type of description sure. of who should be wearing Definitely. your line. Right. Um, what are some of the things that you see your business doing down the road? Um, do you see it branching off into other um, areas of jewelry or bags or anything like that? Or are you going to stay with the, um, the Absolutely. Um, I do see it sort of expanding. I don't know when or how, um, but I do see it expanding. We are working on custom jewelry uh, right now. Um, I also do custom bridal wear as well, um, aside from my ready-to-wear collections. And then I, I do see that expanding into other areas to really develop it as a lifestyle brand and be a part of a woman's life from the moment she wakes up to when she goes to bed. Yeah. I think it's important for the listeners to know that all of the work that you have done so far, you've really done on your own, pulling together, <laughs> uh, you know, doing the designs mm -hmm. and managing the business and social media and all of the moving parts that it takes. Um, what are some of the challenges that you face in running your business? What are some of the things that you find to be difficult? Oh, God, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, there's more than well, one. <laughs> I think with any entrepreneur, any entrepreneur would echo this. Um, and that is that every day is a learning curve and every day there is a new fire to blow out. But you just have to stay focused on your um, long term vision, your plan and um, keep the, the passion alive and, and just kind of deal with it and, and go. And don't let anybody tell you no. <laughs> yeah, but, but so you have you have seem to have a very um, uh, real sense of yourself and a confidence. Where was that built in you? Where did that come from? Honestly, I think that comes very much so from my mother, um, just because that's such a, a big part of her par personality and her character. Mm -hmm. um, she's she's very petite like myself, but has a, a strong voice. Yeah, and. You know, is not afraid to voice her opinion, and I've I've learned so much from that. Yeah, so. that's wonderful. We're gonna uh, take a quick break, Great. and we'll be back with Amy Devan, owner of Nevada Couture. Be right back. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the mutual fund store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face to face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. 
From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Hello. Hi, Kelly. It's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments. Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow, infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes, Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one -on -one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will, if we ever get out of this traffic, hardy har har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well. Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the City of Light. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejohnston.com for more information. Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition, 
and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806 or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch. This week, I am in the studio with Amy Devan, and Amy is the owner of Nevada Couture and Design here in the Philadelphia area. And uh, just before the break, we we touched uh, briefly on her time at Parsons, and I wanted to kind of circle back and find out um, some of the influences that you had while you were there and what sure. some of the things you, uh, you did at your time at Parsons in New York. Absolutely. Well, just... Being at Parsons was such an incredible experience. Um, It's known as really the premier design school uh, in the world, and it has such a history to New York City, to the fashion industry, and that was really why I wanted to to go there. Um, And I, it was such an amazing uh, opportunity to really be taught by some of the same professors. as many design icons of our time have been taught by and sit in the same seats, use the same machines, um, and really go through the same educational path. I mean, you've got people like Donna Karen and Mark Jacobs and Narcissa Rodriguez and Alexander uh, Wang and Jason Wu, who, who dresses um, uh, uh, Mrs. Obama. So um, it's just, it's incredible to be a part of such a creative uh, space full of extreme talent. Yeah, to walk in their steps. To walk afterwards. in there and st- yes, exactly. It's they're big shoes to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it really is amazing. And I, is yeah. there one in particular that you know is an inspiration for you? One of the designers. There are so many. Are there? there are really so many. Um, let me think. That went to Parsons. No, I, that that someone that you look to and you've admired their work over the years and been well, inspired by. One designer that I admire, um, and I actually had the opportunity to work with for a small stint, uh, is Naeem Khan. He um, is is also an Indian designer, but um, does a lot of uh, very formal uh, red carpet gowns um, and has dressed so many starlets um, within Hollywood and, and et cetera, and um, has such a, a, an immense... Uh, ability to be able to incorporate handwork and hand embroidery into classic silhouettes. And I mm-hmm. think that plays a piece in, in Nevada as well mm-hmm. um, and really influenced my work. Too. Yeah, there's a so lot of handwork that is yeah, done in Yeah, absolutely. Your Actually, everything is done by hand. All right. of the beading, all of the embroidery is done by hand. And in India. Correct? In India, correct, yeah. yes. You know, here's a good question. So is there somebody, if you could um, dress anybody, mm-hmm. is there anybody that comes to mind? There are so many people that I would love to dress. Um, going back to who I think the Nevada woman is, the the people that relate to her identity, I think would be people like um, like a Blake Lively, um, Eva, Eva Longoria, mm-hmm. um, even Jennifer Lopez. I mean, there's so yeah. many people that I think um, have the ability to carry that type of look. Right. Yeah. So. That's a good goal to have, yeah. right? Just pin them up there on your desktop. and One day. <laughs> one day. Um, you mentioned, I, I think it's 
it would be a, a great lesson and maybe important to talk about um, the fact that being raised uh, mm-hmm. Indian mm-hmm. and having your mom and dad as financial people uh-huh. um, in the field and you're wanting to, to be a fashion designer and having right. this creative interest. Um, and as you said, it's not always easy to, to tell mom and dad, this is the path I want to take. <laughs> not in an Indian family, no. <laughs> well, right. in, in especially in an Indian family, right. right? So how did you kind of sort through that in your mind um, when it was time to, to approach them and say, you know, I, I am studying marketing, and, mm-hmm. and but it's really not my passion. Well, growing growing up, they always saw me very artistically driven, and mm-hmm. um, I'm drawn to all things creative. And I, I like to whether it's in art, in fashion, uh, interior spaces, architecture. Um, I like to be able to see something and make it my own. Whether it's through redesigning it by sketching it, color through repositioning, um, accessorizing that kind of thing. So they kind of knew it would play a part in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, they just weren't sure that I would be doing this. Um, so when it came time to go to, to college, um, I actually, at that point, I wanted to be an architect because we had, as I mentioned before, we moved around quite a bit. So, um, to me, the, the closest thing that I saw, uh, in terms of art was every time we moved to a new house. And, you know, my parents would have a new home built and I would see the blueprints myself. And that was so interesting to me. And um, just this ability to um, have something of of such structure and strength, but then have such intricate details as part of it, the curvatures, et cetera. Um, And so I wanted to be an architect uh, initially. um, But at that time when I was going to college, the economy was was starting to head south. especially the construction industry, I should say. And again, my Indian mom said, I don't think that you should do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should go the business route. But I'm so glad that she said that because it really set me up uh, in in a really good position to be able to have my business now. Yeah. Um, So I went on to do that. And then finally, later in life, when I made this decision to get into fashion, um, they were very, very supportive. And I think it's more so because I had had experience on the business side mm-hmm. and gone to school for it and understood um, things from an op- operational standpoint before just jumping in blindly. Right, exactly. So, so prior to your years at Parsons, you um, decided to go and spend a month in mm-hmm. India. I did, yes. And um, I'm sure that that was full of all kinds of interesting experiences. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a few of them? Definitely. It was amazing. I mean, I grew up going to India every two years, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I made this decision, I went to India um, and basically traveled around the country and literally talked to anyone within the industry that was willing to talk to me. Um, so I went and visited with production houses, fashion houses, manufacturers, suppliers, embroiderers, um, the actual artisans and craftspeople that are doing the handwork, um, retailers, anyone I could t- potentially talk to. And um I started to actually uh, go into factories and just sit with the craftspeople for hours on end, just studying what they were uh, working on and, and really um, paying close attention to the detail and focus that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they were working, they would tell me the stories that are related to the handwork they were doing. Um, India is an interesting place in this realm because the country is blo- broken up into regions and states. And each region is known for a different type of embroidery 
different types of fab- fabrics, etc. Um, and they tell stories about the culture. They tell stories about um, the social and economic environment, etc. So that was intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really allowed me to start thinking, you know, it has to be that way across across the world, really. I mean, there's so many unique forms of, of hand um, handcraft that's done around the world that must have some historical tie. And so I really wanted to make bring those things to the surface and make them modern and apply them to more classic silhouettes. So, Were you living um, alone at the time while you were there? In India, I yeah. was staying with family. Staying with family, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you were doing a lot of, you know, things on your own. Were there times when you missed home? Uh, I had been away for, for some time, um, so it, it, it was okay. And I actually had my family with me, which mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah. So I really didn't feel alone. Um, I actually dragged my mom with me to a lot of different oh, appointments. Good. Okay. Um, because one thing, doing business there is a whole different ballpark than doing business here, mm-hmm. and especially... Uh, there knowing that I was born and raised in the U.S., um, you you kind of have to, uh, there's there's just differences in, in the way that you talk, the way that you do business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of needed her to, to serve as that liaison, although I can speak the language fluently and understand it clearly. Right. Um, but still, I, I, I needed her as, as my crutch, if you will. Yeah, so. good. No, I pictured you kind of off alone doing all this work some and thinking I did it might alone. be lonely. Yeah, some yeah. things I did alone, but for the most part, I, I drug her along with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she liked it, though. I'm, every woman likes fashion and right. design, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about how you actually launched the business so you mm-hmm. you know you've had uh, your experiences in India and you had your um, education at Parsons and uh-huh. then you say I'm going to create this brand and I'm going to launch this business right and I'm assuming you know your mom and dad were supportive absolutely and helped you Definitely. in that way too but um, what was it you know how did you actually go about it what was the first thing that you decided to do you know I actually started the business and started at Parsons at the same time okay so the early part of it was very much based on getting the administrative functions done in terms of getting a business up and running as Mm -hmm. we all go through as entrepreneurs. And then um, got inspiration from going to India and then starting my program at Parsons and learning the technical side of things. Um, And then really got into the design component. And where do you do your your designing? Where do you actually do that? So I work outside of the Philadelphia area, Mm -hmm. um, where my family is from as well. And um, so that everything gets done here locally um, as far as designing goes. Um, and then it's it's sent abroad mm-hmm. to India for the manufacturing component and right. comes back for, for quality and shipping and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So. so tell me about your first experience with Fashion Week with your fall and winter premiere. What was that like? It was amazing. <laughs> it That's was, the real first, you know, big introduction into the industry. It was a dream. Industry. It really was a dream. And it went by so fast. Um, so much preparation goes into creating a collection in general. And then creating a collection that's going to be on a platform of that nature mm-hmm. is is obviously nerve-wracking yeah. um, uh, and exciting all at the same time. But uh, and takes a lot of time and energy. Um, but the show itself goes by so fast. Um, literally, I think after my last wa- model walked out on the runway and came back, 
I walked out quick and and came back. And the first thing I said to my team and to my family was, let's do it again. (laughs) Because it was over in minutes. And I thought, all that work is done in minutes. Right. And that's for people that aren't that familiar with fashion and Mm -hmm. and how it all comes to it. It's so, uh, first of all, the work is done done so far in advance yes definitely right? so you're thinking about seasons way out right you know, about a year when you're and in a half, different season right about yeah. a year and a half or so uh in advance is when it all starts so when i love the part about you know the stories that you that you speak of you yes. know the different craftsmanship in india right. and, and each different craft has sure. a story behind it right so when you're designing your pieces are you thinking of these stories and is that the plan for, you know, moving forward with each design that you do? I am. Um, for example, one of the um, types of uh, embroidery that I've used before is, um, it's called uh, antique zardosi. So what that is, is basically it's it, it's metal coated thread that's, that's used for hand embroidery. Um, and that ties back to, to, very regal, very uh, royal times when actual gold and silver was used and wrapped around thread. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think about how I can make those things modern um, and try to try to pick and choose influences, not just from India, but really from exotic places mm-hmm. um, that tell a, a story and, and kind of take your your mind and your your soul to that faraway place. Right. I'd love to talk a little bit about, I mentioned this to you before we came into the studio about the tough, the tough side, I guess, of the fashion industry and some sure. of the, the things that go on there that maybe aren't, um, it's tough, it's competitive, of right? Course, and there's yes. a certain element. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? It is definitely a, a cutthroat industry and a fast paced industry. Um, it's ever changing, ever evolving. Um, and there is uh, this sort of misconception that it's just glamorous. And, of course, there is some element of glamour in the mix, but um, it's tough. Um, I think if you just stay focused and really continue to develop what your aesthetic is, what your mission is, um, who you're trying to reach as far as clientele, um, and stay focused. I mean, that's, that's really the only way to survive, I think, in any industry. Stay true to who you are. Stay true yeah. to who you are and your mission. Right. Yeah. You know, it's in- interesting, the whole concept of design, because um, I have a daughter who's a photography major at Savannah College right. of Art and Design. And I read something once. They have a uh, something on the wall there that talks about anything that's not nature mm-hmm. is design. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that stuck with me. because That's really it, interesting. Isn't yeah. that interesting? And so, so true. And so true. And mm-hmm. so with people that are in the creative and design field, uh-huh. it's so necessary, uh-huh. right? For when you look around, it, everywhere you go, anything uh-huh. you see uh-huh. is design. It was designed Definitely. by somebody. So when you're thinking, when you're sitting down, you know, doing your sketches uh-huh. and thinking about the young women today right. that really are, they get very caught up in, in their mm-hmm. appearance and, mm-hmm. and, you know, how they look. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think about when you're doing your designs and wanting to kind of um, teach young women and let them know that that the way they present themselves is important, but not to the extent of being, you know, kind of obsessive about it, I guess. Sure. I don't I don't think that it should be at a point where it's consuming you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you 
put on yourself is a reflection of how you feel on a given day and the type of person you want to be that day. Right. So I think it's a conscious decision when we get up in the morning, we put something on. Um, but that being said, for younger younger uh, women, young young girls, um, that holds true. And that you know, who who do you want? How do you want to portray yourself? Um, and then make conscious decisions about what that person looks like. Um, as far as the way that she dresses and presents herself. Yeah. Did you have, you know, growing up yourself before mm-hmm. you, you were a designer, mm-hmm. um, did you struggle with that kind of um, self-esteem piece where, you know, you're you're struggling with trying to be yourself and uh-huh. true to yourself, but looking around at, at what everyone else was wearing and doing? Of course. I think that comes with just being a girl. Yeah, <laughs> right. Being girl. a teenage girl, you, you want to be you know, in the know as far as trends go and you want to look like your friends or somebody else. And, um, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with that as long as the people that you are aspiring to, to look like, um, are positive people, are people to look up to in some way, shape or form, then I think it's healthy. Yeah. It just, I think it needs to be just talked about, you know, on a regular basis. Definitely. Try to boost, um, young girls self-esteem I think the more we talk about it the better it will be absolutely yeah what how do you make use of um, social media for your business Um, there's a lot of gosh it's changing so rapidly Mm -hmm. it seems every day you know there's a platform in social media that we need to use to get um, our brand out there right uh, and then it changes and there's Uh another platform that becomes more popular Uh how do you kind of keep up with that and decide which you know uh, which areas you're going to make use of well, I've realized through this process, I, I used to think social media was easy, and God, am I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a full-time uh, job in and of itself, and I give the people that go to school for it and study it and um, make it a career path so much credit. Um, I do have a team of people that are helping me on that front, but we sort of um, strategize as far as how we want to portray ourselves on on ver- those various um, platforms. But mm-hmm. yes, we do have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all of those things. Yeah. Um, so really trying to develop them and, and reach our um, target customer. Right. And keep the messaging kind of consistent. Absolutely. I think that's a big piece There's of it. There's an art so to it, for there sure. There is an art to it. Yeah. Deciding what you want to put out there. Um, Definitely. To the women. Um, when, when will your next line be out? Well, my next line right now, I'm working on spring, summer of 2015. Okay. Even though we're in 14. Right. <laughs> so it's a year out. Always a year out. It's a out. year out. Yeah. Um, so I will be showing that line actually during London Fashion Week in September, um, and then presenting it to various retail buyers across the country. And then hopefully that will open some opportunities from an international standpoint as well so that I can sell through retailers abroad. Um, so soon after that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to take one last quick break. Sure. And we will be back with Amy Devan, owner of Nevada Couture. Hello? Hi, Kelly. It's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments. 
Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow, infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes, Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one -on -one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will, if we ever get out of this traffic, hearty har har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks, be well. Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at InSourceNow.com to find the quality help you need. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, -face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the City of Light. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejohnston.com for more information. When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? 
Well, wealth management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484-530-2806 or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back, everyone, to this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. Uh, again, my name is Sue Rocco, and I'm sitting in the studio today with Amy Devan. And Amy is the owner of Nevada Couture and Design, um, which is a, um, a luxury line of clothing um, that Amy designs here uh, in the Philadelphia area. And her inspiration, most of her inspiration comes from India, where her family is from. Um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about London Fashion Week, which sure. you are preparing for Absolutely. coming in September. What does it take to prepare for that? What types of things are you doing? Uh, well, right now we are in the very, very final stages of uh, production of the pieces that will actually be showcased there. Um, but the process started a while ago in terms of actual sketching and designing and um, color selection and um really the theme and story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I have all of that back, um, once I have those samples back, then I'll do probably a series of photo shoots and whatnot um, to help from a marketing standpoint and then um, head off to London. Yeah. So. And, and when you're in London, is mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's an entire week, but does your, when did, does your line show? In other words? My show is on the 13th of September. Okay. Do they uh-huh. show that live? Um. That's a great question. I don't know if they show it live streaming or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know certain parts of the show they do, um, but I'm not quite sure if this one is or not. Yeah. Now, do all of your fabrics come from India? Yes, I do source from there as well. Um, being that I studied at Parsons in New York and being right in the center of Garment District there, I am able to source a lot of fabrics from New York and at least send them to India to serve as a sample of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And they will find something very similar um, from there. And if it's not feasible there, then I'll get it from New York. Okay. Yeah, so it just depends on, on what it is. Yeah. Your business now is online at, at NevadaCouture.com. Uh-huh. Correct. Um do you have plans to go into retail space in the future? Definitely. Actually, it's an exciting time for the business because we are in heavy sales mode. Um, and that goes really twofold. One is that we are selling online um, uh, some of our products. And then others we will be um, having in a number of different select uh, luxury retailers across the country come the fall. Okay. And that's your plan to, to expand, continue to expand into absolutely, the retail? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and being part of London Fashion Week will hopefully introduce me to that segment internationally as well. So, One of the questions I have for you is, um, again, I always say that I think it takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. um, to start your own business mm-hmm. in any industry. Sure. Um, and, and you took on, and you still are taking on, you know, um, a big um, 
or it's it's taking chances, right? Of Especially course, it's in a, a huge competitive, risk. It's yes. a huge risk. Yes. Um, what would you say to young girls that are listening that perhaps have uh, similar dreams mm-hmm. um, to start their own business? What is the what are some of the things that you would say to them for not being afraid to do it, to take that step? I think that comes initially from passion. Um, you have, in order to follow this path, regardless of industry, you have to have uh, a strong understanding of who you are and what your passion is and really define it and um, live it, eat it, breathe it. I mean, it becomes part of your life. And you have to be willing to work very, very hard at being able to achieve success with that passion and and make it become something than just a hobby. Yeah. Would you say other than your mom, was there were there any other mentors in your life, people that really kind of said to you, you can do it? Definitely. I think so many of my professors at Parsons, first of all, um, they bring such a wealth of experience within the industry, um, both from a business standpoint as well as from a design standpoint. Um, and then so many people in my family, um, we just so happen to have a lot of uh, very strong-minded, very ambitious, um, go-getter types of women in our family. Um, even my grandmother, she's a huge um, just icon for me. Um, she was a, back in the, I think the late 60s, mid to late 60s in India, she grew a school. She was in, in the elementary, or sorry, in the education realm. She was a principal, but she actually grew her school from, I think, 15 kids to 600 plus from elementary to high school on her own. Wow. Um, and in, in India at a time where it just wasn't um, necessarily something that a lot of women did. Um, so people like that in, within the family that have, have always said, you know, don't let anything stand in your way. And if you have your mindset on something, um, make it a part of your life and work very, very hard. You have to be committed in order for it to succeed. Yeah. Was that your mother's mother? My mother's mother, yes. Yeah. And she was, was she the principal of the school? She was a principal. You... Um, she's, you know, ret- long since retired, but um, she was a principal and involved in really building up the school. Yeah. That's so. No, that's a great, ex- yeah. you know, a great example for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I always ask is if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? What would I be doing? I probably would have stayed within the same career that I was in, um, in the marketing realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even though I was in business and working within the financial services industry, I was still in marketing. And that tapped into my wanting to be creative, wanting to deal with people, build relationships, um, that's something that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and those tools I've, I've taken with me in sort of my back pocket mm-hmm. as I've developed Nevada. Um, so I probably would have, have stuck with that because I had already, you know, gone that route education-wise and career path-wise. Right. What are some of the other areas you hope to travel to to, to get some more um, different perspectives for your your inspiration? Um, well, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, initially the brand started as having influence from my Indian background, but it has really over time expanded to drawing inspiration from places around the world. Um, I plan to, uh, after London Fashion Week, I, I will be going to Paris and then to Switzerland. Um, Paris itself, uh, France in general, is known for their lace and, and such fabulous couture. Um, and has such history within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to gain inspiration and hopefully build some contacts there. Um, and then Switzerland, I mean, just this, the scenes in, in Switzerland, they're so picturesque. And I, 
I can't imagine that I won't walk away with inspiration yeah. after that. I, I'm curious to know, you spent you spend a lot of time on the West Coast and the East Coast and a back and forth over your years growing sure. up. Yes. What are some of the main differences you see in people? It's very different. That's a really interesting question, actually. Um, I think in the Midwest, there is this, um, you know, as we all call it, the Midwest hospitality. Mm-hmm. And that's very much true. Um, people are very, very nice, very humble, hardworking on the East coast. Um, everyone is very nice and and hardworking, working as well, but it's much more fast paced. Right. Uh, it's just a different lifestyle. That seems to be the the same answer I get from people yeah. all the time. It's yeah. just a little bit faster on the East Coast. A oh, bit definitely. Slower. Especially in New York City. I mean, it, it could be a Saturday afternoon and you think you're going for a stroll, but you somehow mentally you look outside and you're in a rush for yeah, no reason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's no strolling in Manhattan. There is no strolling. <laughs> but that's okay. That That's the energy. The energy. Yeah. So it is. It's really It's a vibrant. positive thing. So. Yeah. Um, we only have a, a moment left. I wonder if you can give your contact information information for the listeners, the best place to reach out to you? Absolutely. The best place would be to visit our website at nevedacouture.com, N-A-V-E-D-A, couture.com. We have all of our social media links on there. You can view a video of our last runway show. You can shop online, um, see some of the the press that we've recently had as far as some of the um, Hollywood starlets starlets that we've had the pleasure of dressing very recently. Um, So it's uh, I think it's a good a good introduction or sneak peek into the company. Terrific. Thank you so much for coming in today, Amy. I, I wish you. you much success. Thank you very much. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. Um, again, my name is Sue Rocco. If you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to at my website at womentowatch.net. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>